Hey guys, welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for parents of twins. I'm your host, Natalie Diaz. I am a mom of twins. I am also the Twiniversity founder, and I am the best-selling author of the book, What to Do When You're Having Two. Our goal at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, we laugh at the little things, and we really do get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And that is what we hope this podcast is about to do. So welcome to Twiniversity. Gerber Children's Wear offers the most affordable and adorable infant and toddler apparel to help you dress your 20s in the cutest outfits ever. Starting at just $5, I'm literally telling you the truth. They literally have outfits starting at $5. So you could find the perfect going home outfits, stock up on onesies. Um, A side note, they're actually the original owner of the onesie brand trademark, by the way, just so you know. And you could also find super cute sleepwear, everyday outfits, and accessories that parents need for your twins' first years. They really honestly do have the sweetest matching sets that coordinate between boy-boy, girl-girl, and boy-girl 20s. You gotta head over there, and you really gotta check them out. They are the cutest. To learn more about Gerber Children's Wear, visit GerberChildrensWear.com. Hey, guys. Look at you coming back, listening to another episode. All right, I got to, uh, I got some good news. You get to meet a person that I've actually met in like real life that I know, met her twice. You're going to hear how we met. So this is Nicole Doyle, who is a mom of micropremies that were born at 24 weeks, six days. They are now 10-year-old dudes. And she has been working with Graham's Foundation for quite some time now. And so Graham's Foundation is one of the nonprofit organizations that Twiniversity has always been a proud you know, partner of. I absolutely love them. You know, Graham's Foundation, like the cracker, spelled like the cracker, not the weight. I always have to tell people when you guys are Googling it. But they are a nonprofit foundation that specializes in support for families with micropremies. So we're going to hear a little bit about that today. But I just love kind of Nicole's look at, you know, micropremies. Now, listen, If you are currently expecting and things are triggering you left and right about, you know, being premature, having premature babies, then you know what? Don't listen to this podcast now. It's okay. You could come back and listen to this later. But I assure you, the boys are doing good. I talk about my preemies. My preemies are doing good. So you don't have to get too worried about, you know, what's going to happen. How do they do? I mean, everybody has a different story. And this is the story of Nicole's dudes. And this is the story of things that she's learned and things that she's experienced when having her, you know, boys, little Colin and Thomas born, you know, under two pounds each. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what our bodies are capable of, what our hearts are capable of, what our minds are capable of. And I can't wait for you to meet her. So without further ado, here's Nicole. Guys, I'm stoked. So while you, well, I don't know if you've listened to our podcast before, but I have a very interesting way of taking, you know, what you guys may see as very negative things. And while they aren't positive, I know that we're talking about them because there is silver linings that come to things. And so today I'm here with my friend, Nicole, who I'm very happy to have said that I've met in person, which is rare for a a podcast (laughs) guest. A lot of my people, I, you know, only meet through you know, here on Zoom. But Nicole and I have met, have we met more than once, Nicole? Yes. And I have to tell you, it's embarrassing. I'm such a fangirl. Uh, I totally fangirl at you at the uh, Teenies for Preemies when you came. That was fun. So excited. Prior to that, we met in LA at the Santa Monica Century City Mall. Yes. I think one of its third remodels. Now it's completely different and gorgeous. But you were hosting an event for twins and also, oh, what is the name of that woman who did the Kim little- West. Oh my God, we still have those things. Um, but uh, we were there and I got to meet you and talk to you. And I think I had reached I said, out. I remembered both yeah, of them. And, um, and we, I think I emailed you prior just because I'd heard about Twiniversity and just Ugh. was just, uh, this is after we got out of the trenches of everything we were going through and just how much I loved what you were doing. Yeah, I've fangirled you so many times. Listen, <laughs> and and right back at you. I oh, mean, yeah. in all sincerity, I 
I'm so happy when twin families get to connect with me, whether I am just kind of like um, a symbol of mm-hmm. what we are, because that's what I feel like I am a lot of times is that I'm like this beacon, right? So you know that if any of you, by the way, and it's not just Nicole, it's any twin families mm-hmm. that are out there. If you know that I'm there, you're like, oh my gosh. And I don't really, although I want to say that it's all about me, I think that it's, I'm a symbol of our unity and how we really are connected. And that immediately when you meet another twin family, you know that you have this this relationship already built in because we have, we've been through a lot together. Yes. Now, Nicole, honestly, you really have been through most. So meeting you personally, and then on the other side, kind of professionally, mm-hmm. now that you're involved with Graham's Foundation, I definitely wanna talk about that. But your puppies are now <laughs> 10 years old, Yes, they are. And you delivered them at 24 weeks, six days. Yes. Uh, not by choice. Um, yeah. Uh, I can just go right into it. Um, yeah. They, so uh, after a, probably a good year or two of struggling just to get pregnant, um, found out, actually found out in the second appointment that we had twins. First, it was just confirmation of twins. The second time that, oh, by the way, we see two heartbeats, which was a huge shock because I did not prepare myself for that. Um, and once I got over the shock, you know, and get on board and things were rolling fine. And then about right at the 20 week mark, which I know is not that long, um, something just started feeling off and I started having a lot of pain, which I didn't realize was actually sort of like labor mm-hmm. and went into the hospital at UCLA Santa Monica and, um, was told, okay, you're just having, you're having some pressure. We don't know why they gave me some shots. Everything seemed to be fine. Sent home, not. 10 hours later, I was back in the hospital and they just basically said, welcome to your new home. Mm -hmm. And I was put on medical bed rest and I was put in Trendelenburg, uh, was given mag or magnesium um, and just was there for a while. And they thought I had 22 transfusion syndrome Mm -hmm. and it turned out uh, I had polyhydramnose, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, which basically is one amniotic sac was bigger than the other, had too much and they needed to do an amniotic reduction. Okay. So they just pulled, they actually pulled out what they said was a liter and a half of extra amniotic fluid in one of the sacs. Whoa. And, oh, I'm sorry, I had identical twins. So they're monozygotic. Um, And then I was just, and after that, it was just supposed to be smooth sailing. Like, enjoy being like, you know, in Trendelenburg for a while. And we're we're just, once we hit the the magic mark of 24 weeks, actually, we personally was going to choose 28 weeks to basically then have like a pizza party in my room because I was just living there. And that's all I was doing, laying around watching TV. So, um, but unfortunately on 24 weeks, six days, they discovered my placenta had ruptured and they had Mm. to come out. And so that was a a wild day that I'd love to say I knew exactly what happened, but I don't recall. I don't even recall the delivery. It was emergency C-section. I don't recall any of it. I just sort of came to and discovered what had happened. Yeah. Um, that was rough. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, that was very sort of like, it was very touch and go. You you know, they, they have to give you exactly what the statistics are, what the, what mm-hmm. the likelihood is. And it was rough. And after five days in the hospital, I was released to go home, which is probably as many people who have had previews and they end up in many twin families, they end up in the NICU, you go home empty handed and it's the weirdest surreal feeling. Um, And you just sort of, I think many people process it different ways. You either push it down and just go, okay, here, and you just go into survival mode. Uh, During that time, it turned out the, they usually give you it starts with a P, the, med- the paid medication. I can't remember the name of it, but it's part of the morphine group of so drugs. Percocet? Percocet, thank you. Turns out I, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, that one. Um, uh, turns out I can't take those drugs. I get all the side effects and none of the benefits. Ugh. So I ended up back oh. in the hospital for a month with uh, fun things, bowel obstruction, an infection at the C-section site, and uh, I think I had an infection in my kidneys. Jeez. And so uh, I was in the hospital for a month after. I was on a different level than the kids. I was going to say it was the same hospital. Though, same hospital. Least. So I would get reports by the, by the nurses who would okay. come up and, and just see how I was doing. Also, my mom was actually, my husband jokes, my wife moved out of the, out of the house and my mother-in-law moved in because my mom <laughs> came down and immediately just, you know, started dealing Good. with everything, which was a blessing. And... Um, so yeah, uh, I because I just had surgery, they couldn't do surgery on the fun bowel obstruction. So I had to have an NG tube, 
which I called the Skittle hose because it was yes. pulling things out and you're like, oh, it's red today. Oh, it's red today. I mean, and I couldn't <laughs> eat. That was the worst part. I wasn't allowed to eat for five days. So instead of the morphine schedule of drugs they put me on, oh my God, I can't remember, oh, like tramadol, they all the adults yeah. and I'm, yes. and everything ended up fine, but it took that long and I wasn't allowed to see the kids because you can't, you can't have an infection and go into the NICU. And this is all obviously pre-COVID yeah. restrictions and stuff. So once I finally was able to uh, go down there, it was interesting. Like you, pro I processed that. I actually didn't, um, I will lie. You're in survival mode. You're in that survival mode. I got out of that. Mm -hmm. I went to the next survival mode of, of our kids and fighting for them. Um, uh, the boys both had to have PD, PDA ligation surgery. Okay. Um, Which is you know, what? That's no. when, when babies are born full term or close to full term, the moment that the whole process happens, hormones get secreted because when they're in utero, blood is circulation just going any which way. It's totally cool. But when everything's about to happen, it basically closes off the clamp that lets it go over which way and starts our actual circulatory system. Okay. When they're that young, half the time it just doesn't happen because okay. the hormone wasn't secreted. Okay. Nothing's been happened. Nothing happens. They can give a drug, they can give a steroid that can sometimes cause it uh, to happen. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't. It's a smaller amount. And of course, my kids did not have that. So they had to have the ligation surgery, which sort of clamps that. Okay. That uh, vein often starts cir circulation. If I'm saying it all correctly, I apologize to anyone out there in the medical industry. Um, so then uh, with that, a side effect from that for surgery can be uh, if they accidentally cut a nerve while they're going in there because they go in from the back. Okay. Um, uh, will be a paralyzed left vocal cord. Now, sometimes it can come back and sometimes it can't. It won't. So uh, one of my kids, uh, Colin, his came back. Thomas's did not. Um, it actually hasn't affected him too much. He just has to have uh, once, actually it now has gone to every three years, uh, checks from the ENT just to see how his voice okay. is. And I think the big, the big uh, test will be puberty, mm -hmm. which will wheeze off from that. Thank goodness. I'm not ready for that. Um, but, they, uh, but they have, their voices sound fine. Like there's nothing really... It's just a side effect. And I'm, I'm sure some people here may have dealt with that if their children have had PDA. Um, let's see, we've also gone through, uh, one had a brain bleed at birth, but it resolved itself luckily. Wonderful. Um, and, you know, we spent over five months in the NICU. In fact, we're in May. So I'm coming up on the anniversaries of both of them being, being released. Uh, so they were born in November, November 11th. And they, one Thomas was released uh, Cinco de Mayo, and then Colin was released on May eighth. Wow! So so they were close. Yeah, so they, they were close. Oh went yeah, home they... with with each other. Now, yes. you know what's really interesting? Don't mm -hmm. you think that it's it's fascinating of how much you could remember the clarity of that experience? Oh yeah, looking back on ten years, and I don't yeah. think that people really realize how delivery like really imprints on you, whether it's good or bad, mm -hmm. it's in there. It's mm -hmm. really stamped in there. Now yeah. with all the, the, the trauma that you had, did the hospital offer you any support services for psychological counseling, social workers, anything like that? Yes, actually, I, I, I will always be a cheerleader for UCLA because they offered, we had uh, NICU support groups once to twice a week, depending on how many people mm -hmm. were interested in it through our social worker at the time. There was a therapist, but I honestly feel at that time she was pulled in so many directions. It was, okay. she was very, not, she was there, she wasn't there. And that's not a rip on her. That's just life. Um, but I think they, the social workers really helped with, um, with, the, with the support group. And sorry, I'm moving my feet around. Oh, uh, what is it? Um, th they did have support there. And then I would say uh, I actually received a care package from um, Graham's foundation that was just sort of like this little comfort of like, you're not alone in this journey, mm -hmm. even though you and I was in a NICU with tons of other uh, families, but you do feel since you just go into this bubble of like survival and you do make friends, like you kind of size people up in there. And I do have some friends that I've made and we've stayed close since, but um, that little care package of just like understanding and support and they have pretty parent mentors and whatnot, that really helped as well. Mm -hmm. So I really- so tell us about Graham's Foundation. Okay. So I've known them from Nick from, you know, a million years ago. And then yeah. luckily I got to meet you again through there. So uh -huh. 
What is Graham's Foundation? How did you get involved with it? And how could families lean on them if yeah. they need them too? I am, yeah. Um, so yes, full disclosure, I do work for Graham's Foundation now. Um, back in the day when I received that care package, uh, I did reach out and uh, received support from a pre-parent mentor, which they are trained parents who have gone through a similar uh, experience that you have. So if, mm -hmm. if you reach out and say I had 24, six week uh, kid, did twin boys, I don't know what I'm doing. I, you know, they try to find someone who's had a relatively similar experience. So you're not talking to someone who's had 32 weekers or, yeah. you, know, what, you know, whatever. So they do that. Um, about a year after the boys got out and I was feeling sort of, I wanted to do something, give back um, and, you know, just dealing with the kids. Uh, I decided, you know, they had a ambassador program. And so I signed up to be a part of that. And I was the NICU ambassador for the UCLA system, well, not the system, because there's a lot of them. So for the Santa Monica Hospital and the Westwood Hospital. And I would come to support meetings if the social worker said, you know, we need someone who's been through this experience, talk to his parents. I would be called if they just, they just needed someone to, they need a parent to talk to someone, to another parent to relate to it, um, make sure they had care packages. And I did that for about three years. And then Nicholas Hall reached out and asked if I was interested in being a part of, they were developing uh, the My Premium app. Mm -hmm. So I did uh, app coordination. I, in, in a prior life before for my kids, I worked in uh, film and television uh, and post-production. So I kind of had a somewhat of a background, in, I don't know, in that. Uh, so I worked on that for a little bit and then we reorged and they needed someone to do their social media content. And... Uh, I really like social media. And so I just started doing it. And now I've been doing that for three years for them, but also offering support to anyone who reaches out and connecting yeah. them. <clears throat> we offer emotional support. So connecting them to who they need within our, in our group. Um, we also, if families are looking for something else that we just don't have, such as financial support or just resources within their area, we do our best to connect them. We have a, a big list of um nonprofits that help with prematurity across the country and we connect those. We also have them internationally as well because we do get international mm -hmm. reach, reach outs. Um, and also we have a whole thing of like how to go through the Medicaid process, Medicare process for your child. Um, we, we try to make sure if we're not the right one, we do, we try to make sure you are connected with someone with some group that can help you. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I really like about Grams is how they, they just try to offer help yeah. period to support preemie families. And so for those of you that are listening, it's grams like the cracker, not yes. like the unit of measurement yes. is what I always tell people, because yeah. either way, it would make sense. Mm -hmm. You know, if it was grams, the, the weight, that yes. would also make that sense would make for sense. a pretty yeah. organization. Yeah, it was actually named in honor of Nicholas Hall. Nicholas and Jen Hall had twins, uh, Reese and Graham, and Graham uh, passed away at 45 days. And at the time when they had their twin, the, their micropremi twins, they didn't feel like they had a lot of support. They felt very isolated and they wanted to create a space that could help those preemie families, yeah. especially twins. But you know, we, we obviously have micro preemies and preemies, singletons, twins, multiples. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a great, it's, it's a great foundation. It really is. It's, it's something it's on our resource page at Twiniversity. And I personally mm -hmm. have, you know, recommended you guys, unfortunately, multiple times. So yes. it's, it's, you're my go-to. You know, mm -hmm. you guys are my go-to when I have creamy families. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Listen, you know, nobody knows better than somebody who has walked in those shoes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the fact that you do specifically match people up, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, like, honestly, Nicole, it's it's a lot of work and you guys do it really, really well. Mm, thank so you. putting back on your preemie mom hat mm -hmm. and thinking about the support that you received early on, what other support do you think might have been, um, you know, not more useful, I don't want to say, but I know that as a preemie parent, there were things that I didn't know until it was way past the time that I should have known them. Yeah. So I know that there's some NICUs that kind of deem like, you know, if they have like a air quotes preemie clinic, that mm -hmm. if you deliver, you know, a 33-6, you'll be a part of something. But if you delivered at 34, you're just a regular person and it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, with that, unfortunately said, as somebody who delivered at 34 on the day, there mm -hmm. was so many things that I didn't know about. And it's so funny how one day made the difference in me getting a different level of support. Yeah. So I, for those people that are out there, 
what are some of the the services or resources that you would say, hey, listen, before you leave the hospital, you know, maybe ask about this? That's a good question because it does vary uh, state to state, region to region as well, which makes it so maddening sometimes. But mm-hmm. I think the one thing is just ask as many questions as possible. And mm-hmm. I, I have to say, I probably was a little spoiled at UCLA because they just provided everything. Cause I think I probably just had the most stunned look on my face the entire time. Like mm-hmm. I did, I was, I was really in a foggy cloud from all of it. And just like, the, if anything, I probably didn't ask enough questions so that, that, you know, but definitely just like, what else do we need? Just keep asking, what else do I need? I think yes. is the best thing to say to any nurse because a lot of the nurses are there and care and want to do stuff, but also they've been through it so many times. That I think yes. they just forget because it's second nature to them. It's not even first nature to us. We're all like, in a what just happened? Where is my kid? The parenting magazines I've been reading leading up to this have nothing about that. You know, like, um, yeah, what else do I need to know? What else do I need? Because even though we, you know, we went through the ringer with our kids in the NICU, they did come home with, they didn't come home with like what we call accessories. They didn't come home with oxygen. They didn't come mm-hmm. home with any of that stuff. We, that was probably one of the positives, I don't know, from the whole, the whole thing, but we were there for a very long time. Yeah. Um, so uh, I would say I always ask questions and never, never think a question is too silly or too small or whatever. Just ask that and the other thing that I wish I could have done but at the time I felt like I felt very small and I felt very scared and I didn't want to share that with people is always accept help like mm-hmm. when friends would be like oh can I bring something over can I what can I do and I, oh we're, I'm fine I'm fine that was a lie I was not fine there was no way I was fine oh my god yes. and you know I luckily had one or two friends who were just super bossy and they're like don't care and would just drop stuff off and that that made all the difference and yeah my mom being there made that all the difference I know some people can't just where they live or whatever you just don't have the family around just accept the help or if someone says one of the things I I realized I could have done back in the day was have a, just if when you're sitting there in the NICU and you're just one like oh I really need the grocery you start making lists so anytime anyone asks you're like oh I have this list or you can text mm-hmm. them because that way people can, it's a way of helping without being that in the middle of everything that's going on. Yeah. Because um, it is, it's rough. You you don't even, you just, you're going through motions. You get home and you realize maybe you have no food or, wow, I just have all this laundry. It's just insane, you yeah. know, and that goes for, you know, full-termers too. You're so tired. Absolutely. <laughs> from, from twins. And I just, I mean, just two is so, is so difficult because you're just trying to manage all this and your yeah. own self but yeah. I then I see pictures like especially on your website like three or four and I'm like holy right. moly that's a lot of baby um <sighs> a lot of cute baby but a lot of baby um <laughs> but uh yeah those are like the two main things is just never stop asking questions yeah. always I mean I know nowadays like back in the day they gave notebooks out but now like there's apps you can write notes you know t- your your text that way I still prefer writing it's how I keep it Me to too. memory typing in on my phone and I, I forget it immediately um but yeah ask questions always have lists ready for anyone who's like what can I do yeah because... we actually we made a twins help chore chart specifically for this oh, that's so we have a, like a, a delivery day pack so, uh-huh. and we'll put a link in the show notes, but specifically we made a chart for you to just check off the items that you need to have done and you could just leave it on your fridge. So mm-hmm. if people are coming and going while you're at the NICU or mm-hmm. even while you're at the OB or wherever, yeah. people could get whatever's done that they're comfortable with doing. Yeah. Because, you know, genius. your father-in-law may not necessarily want to do laundry, but will easily, you know, go grocery shopping for you yes. or take the dog to get its nails cut. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, we found that, a lot of times, like you're saying, that people don't want to ask for help, but people will check a box. Yeah. And no, then definitely like everybody really wants to help you. I mean, you yeah. know that they don't know oh, yeah. what to do for you. Exactly. So they're like, whatever you need, just tell us. And you're like, yeah. I don't know what I need. Yeah. You know, I need my babies to be inside of me. Yeah. And I need to be sleeping and yeah. watching Netflix. That's what I need. Yeah. But you it's it's you know, it's not your reality at that time. Yeah. But yeah. you have to really accept that help. Now, yeah. looking back 10 years. 10 years. I know. Right. And it seems like yesterday. 
Yes. That these things happen. But if you really think about it, mm-hmm. right, they say that the, you know, the days are long, but the years are short. So you're still kind of in there. And now looking back yeah. on 10 years, you still carry a lot with you. Yes. It's I actually, there's part of me that, you know, I, I would say definitely have PTSD from the experience. And I don't wear that as a badge of honor. I wear that as a, this is just the way it is. Yeah, fact. Um, and for anyone, and even full-termers when you have issues or whatever, mm-hmm. therapy is the best. Like to talk to someone, to help process things. I, I am a, I'm a big proponent of therapy. Um, I would say it's just been, it's sometimes it's surreal. Sometimes I, I like, you get the pride of like, oh my God, they're still here. How great is that? Um, and it's just so weird to think like, these large stinky boys used to be one pound, like uh, Thomas was one pound, eight and a half and Colin was one pound, 12, wow. which I know to me is like, oh, baby. And other yes. people are like, oh my, I mean, yes. like this big, as opposed to, I just recently talked to someone and said there was a, because sometimes full-termers end up in the NICU because of apnea or other issues. And this, this boy showed up and we called him the bouncer because he was a full term. So he was like eight, eight pounds. He was almost nine pounds. He looked like he ate a preemie. Like he just looked so big. And he was there for just like two or three days. He was in and out. Parents were lovely. And I don't think they fully understood why we, a couple of moms were just like, he's, I think his name was Ian or something, but like the bouncer. And he just looked so big. And to them, he looked normal. To us, he looked gigantic. But in reality, he's normal. Like, you know, the outliers. And it's just, uh, it is surreal. You do sort of learn to sort of process it. What do, what do the boys know about their delivery? They know that they were born early. They, they are aware that they're microprudence. I don't think they really understand what that really means, which is okay because they don't need to learn that. I mean, anything that would cause any, I don't have to say detriment, but you know, like, oh, well then I'm different. They don't need that right now. They're just trying to get through their, get through being fourth graders. Um, they know that because of being born early, that's why they both have IEPs, which mm-hmm. count, I think it's across the country yeah. they call it an IEP. Um, which is an individualized they, education, education plan. Program. So yes. that would be something you'd get in school if your kids were in something called early intervention. Mm-hmm. They could graduate into kind of the next program up. But yes, then you could basically yeah. have it. And sometimes it does something as simple as say, I need a small class size or I need, you know, an extra 15 minutes on a test or exactly. I need a chair that swivels. So mm-hmm. everybody's it's very individualized. Yes. And so your dudes have it, which is very common. Not yes. only through preemies, but in 20s in, in general, oh, yeah, I feel definitely, like it's yeah. pretty common. Yeah. So they both have their IEPs. And so you say it's because they were early. Yes. I guess is good, actually. Yeah. The yeah, reason. They, it's something yes. for them to to put kind of put their finger on. Yes. Yes. Um, but past that, I don't think they, I mean, they know they're twins and they find that hilarious sometimes that they have a twin. Um, I think it helped for us during the pandemic when mm. we were social, was it? I don't even like to say the words anymore. We're stuck don't, at home don't, for school. Don't. And um, they uh, they had each other, which was great. Um, yeah. Now it's sort of like relearning social skills again. Yeah. But um, yeah, they don't really, they just know that they're twins and they're happy-go-lucky. And, uh, you know, they're, you can see, a, I will say from them being micropremies, and I'm sure other people have the same thing. Like I do see sort of like, developmentally they're just a little bit behind but nothing mm-hmm. major like when i see neurotypical whether they're twins because we do have five sets of twins in our school in our in their class uh they uh you can see the boys do things and i'm like and my boys aren't interested in that they don't do it and then like six months later it that kicks in it's a yeah. weird thing to sort of watch um but it's great i'm like okay they're not too far off i guess is the best way to put it yeah yeah, I think sometimes yeah. when people hear micropremies, they have this vision of that, you know, you're going to have your kids are going to be in, you know, a special classroom with like very thick glasses and mm. maybe hearing aids or something like I think back in the day when, mm. you know, preemies were certainly less common and there was yeah. significantly less mm. medical resources for them. Yeah, there were things that happened that they couldn't 
replicate in the NICU. Mm -hmm. But now having babies even at, you know, 24-6, there is a lot that the hospital could do to kind of replicate that womb situation. Of course, it's not ideal. But even the medications, like you said, with, Mm -hmm. you know, like everything with their endocrine system and their their stomachs and their hearts and everything that happens, there's so many things that could replace what should have been happening in utero. But one of the things that I that I always find interesting is when you think about it. Right. And so the the dudes are or your only puppies or they're only puppies. So they were your only they're your only puppies. And so not having anything to kind of compare it to. Right. Since you have no singletons. Mm -hmm. Do you feel, you know, still like like gypped of an experience that you thought that you were going to have, or have you come to terms with the fact that this was your delivery and that's that, or do you have days? Oh, sorry. That's okay. I'm so sorry. Or do you have, or do you have days where you basically say like, this is the way my delivery should have been. And I should have had this and it didn't, it didn't go as planned. Hopefully you have a lot of time for this. Um, so I would say yes to all of that. There are days where I'm just like, this is, this is just, this is my journey. This is it. This is my path. And here it is. And I should be proud they're here because there's many people who don't get to say that, um, who have lost their, their, their preemies have lost their twins, um, Mm -hmm. or have lost one or whatever. There are other times. Yeah. I get, I still get angry and it's been 10 years and I do feel gypped, especially when you, you know, you meet other, we moved to a different area about five years ago and you meet other families and there's not a lot. The, the, that the twin experience is small. The twin preemie or micro preemie experience is mm-hmm. even a smaller group. And, um, you know, everyone talks about at some point in time, their, their birth experience. And like, I never want, I, I, I can't, I, I tell them, but it always seems like the scare, like people either get horrified or they go, Oh, I'm so, so you know, whatever. I don't really need the sorry. It's just sort of, it's just sort of fact, but I do yeah. feel gypped. Like I do, yeah. Yeah. I did not get that in this day and age, Instagrammable look at how great here are my babies. And I don't like, I do regret not taking a lot of pictures, but the time I was so scared, mm-hmm. I was going to take these pictures and they weren't going to live. And I'd have these, even though the, the memories are still good. I, I've learned a lot about, um, about uh, baby loss through our programs, but like, it was just such a rough time that yes, I, there are times I feel really angry. There are yeah. times I feel gypped. There are times I feel happy for what I have there. Are, I mean, just, it's, it's the gamut. And I, I couldn't tell you if that's just, if that's PTSD, cause things get triggered on me <clears throat> or if it's just, um, just sort of what it is, is processing yeah. the emotions. And I will tell you, it took a good year and a half before I, after the boys were born for me to be diagnosed with PTSD. Cause it didn't really hit. Like once you sort of feel like you're not, you're finally in a safe place. Yeah. And things aren't as bad. Things start hitting you all of a sudden because mm-hmm. your brain's like, "Oh, here, let me let's start pro- let's process this now." And you're like, "I don't want to process this." And so, um, yeah, it took a little bit. And yeah, you know, I'm still processing. Obviously, ten years later. Yeah. But um, every day, you know, if they come home, I could be be thrilled that they're here. And it's uh, I think anyone anyone who has has kids, it's the whole thing of you love them, and sometimes you don't like them and sometimes yeah. you love them and yeah that's the same thing with just the, their birth story and I can tell you well pro- going through this in a, obviously 10 years now I don't I'm not really going to many baby showers but back in the day I couldn't yeah I just couldn't I, I couldn't celebrate it one either people felt awkward when they'd ask how are your babies because I'd be honest I wouldn't go through a whole tirade of how it happened but just like oh well they were born early and if they asked more questions then I just stopped wanting to go and that yeah it, it made me feel horrible because I want to support friends and family but I, at the time just I couldn't yeah yeah and that's okay you learned yeah. your boundaries and you knew yeah. what you could do and what you couldn't and yeah. honestly I I don't think anybody could fault you mm-hmm. and you know we have we we then get guilty because we're like I should have been there I could have done that we're doing the best that we can yeah everybody is doing the best that you can whether you're literally listening to this in the NICU today Mm-hmm. or you're 10 years out or 17 years out, mm-hmm. you're doing the best that you can. And exactly. we all, that that's it. That's that's yeah. what we could do. And you know, the other thing with the NICU that's interesting is I always say to myself, like your worst is your worst. So whether you had the bouncer 
right? Mm -hmm. In the NICU or whether you had one pounders, Mm -hmm. it's always, you know, a very catastrophic situation that you're Mm -hmm. in. And it's so scary. And it's Mm -hmm. so great that there are resources like Graham's Foundation that regardless of whether you Mm -hmm. have the bouncer or the one pounders that people will support you. So whether it's through Graham's or Twiniversity, but that's like, that's where we kind of connect. You know, that's how our worlds kind of collide because we're people that are built to say, okay, I definitely had lemons. You know, like we got these, these very weird lemons. I didn't know what was happening. You know, here's what it is, but you make the the best out of it. And I think that that's part of the healing process too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's a crazy journey, especially of the twins, like it's it can be a lot, but um, the the pro- with that extra layer of going through a micro preemie journey, um, yeah. yeah, it's it can be. And I, I would say back in the day, I did feel like oh, when people would talk about oh, I I was in the NICU for four days, and I'd be like, Psh, that's nothing. At the same time, when you really think about it, I think it's another thing. When you have kids, you start feeling more empathetic yeah. towards everybody. I mean, not that I wasn't empathetic, but like I think you kind of get the blinders on, and then when you sort of see this view of how everyone's dealing with everything. I tell people all the time, it doesn't matter if it was one day or a hundred days in the NICU. It's yep. just not the norm of what you want. Mm-hmm. And it's, you do feel like something's been taken away and it, it does affect you. I mean, some people get over it really easily. Others, others don't, that's just life. But yeah, it's, it doesn't matter. The NICU is, is such a different world. I mean, you can't even enter it Normally you have to go, you have to, there's multiple doors. There's the yeah. protocols are just, especially now in COVID, there's so many different protocols, but like you scrub in, you take, like I had to take off my jewelry, you put everything in one spot. Then they, they say, okay, it's okay to come in more hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's just this weird little like pods out of like a space. Like yep. you just feel it's very yep. surreal and the beeping and all, you know, it's quiet and it's warm and it's hushed yeah. and you, it's, it's, it's just like, it's, it's this weird womb in a way, but it's not cozy, at least not to me. That's not what I wanted. Um, And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, you, you didn't ask for it. You you joined a club you never wanted to, and you don't even get a good t-shirt out of it. It's It's really true. Honestly, I have to say that the fun about the cozy thing is that I delivered during Christmas and uh, you were there for Christmas too. Uh So I, I remember that I'm like, this is not what I thought my baby's first Christmas would be. Mm-hmm. And the nurses are like, so make it what you want your baby's first Christmas to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we need a tree. And so they're like, so bring a tree. Yeah. And so I brought a little artificial tree and I'm like, there's no music. And they're like, so put on music. Yeah. And so they, and so I brought a Bluetooth speaker. We had a tree, uh-huh. we put, like they were like, you can do things here. Yeah. This isn't like a situation where, you know, it's like this highly clinical and nobody's allowed to celebrate or have fun. Yeah. So it was so funny how I was like, no, we can't. There's no smiling in the NICU. Yeah. This yeah. is horrible. Yeah. And the nurse was like, um, no, Nat, uh, you could do whatever you want. What do you want to do? You want a snack? Yeah. You can't eat here. At the time, there was no eating at the bedside. But they're yeah. like, we have a room right there. Go have a snack. Come yeah. back. What do you want to do? You need magazines? Yeah. Well, well, they were bringing them out of like the nurse's station. So you can try to make it hospitable. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really, you know, unfortunately, it's the luck of the nurses that you get, right? Because you're going to have some nurses who are going to be like, nope. You can't bring anything from outside. There's nothing. Meanwhile, my nurses were like, bring a tree, you know, from the dollar store. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, as long exactly. as it's not near the babies and it's yeah. in this section, you know, yeah. you're fine if you mm-hmm. want to bring. But I remember that they were like, take a picture of your tree at home and print it out and we'll put it up on, so- on the inside of their ice lot. Yeah. And so that, that they could thing. look the tree. So they really, mm-hmm. they really did try yeah. their best. But since I had never known anybody that was in the NICU, it was very difficult for me to realize that you can make it as hospitable as you want. And so you go back to NICUs a lot. And so I often do too. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll be working with, you know, a breastfeeding family. And Mm -hmm. I always say like, I'll come to the hospital and they'll be like, they're early. And I'll say, so Mm -hmm. like, what does it matter? You're, you're, we're not going to have this, like I'm coming up and you want me, I'm there. Yeah. And I immediately, like I used to get very triggered as the kids say. Mm -hmm when I would go in, but now I definitely go into like mama bear mode. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, you know, what's the oxygen level out? How long are they going to be there? Are they, could they be closer together? Mm -hmm. You know, could they see each other? And then, you know, what's going to be easier for mom and what's going to be easier for dad and how, so I just start, I start thinking about even like the chair that people are sitting in, right? Because you Mm -hmm. think like, oh, that's not a big deal. You're going to get a chair. No, there's always going to be like that good chair in the NICU. And you're going to be like, I'm going to get there early and I'm going to get that chair. (laughs) That is so true. Right. So it's so, it's so funny that it really becomes like a little extension of your home. And I even remember that, you know, like one of the the big things that people do is when you have typical term babies and your babies get wheeled into the room, there's a drawer filled with magical items that you could bring home with diapers and wipes and, you know, Mm -hmm. bulb syringes. And when you're in the NICU, you don't think about taking anything home. You're just Mm -hmm. like, this is where my babies live. And like, I can remember there was, we were there for a few weeks already. And my nurse was like, why don't you start taking some stuff home? And I'm like, why would I take stuff home? They, they live here. And yes. she's like, they're not going to live here forever. And so if you could start a little stockpile, yeah. why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. And it yeah. never dawned on me yeah. that I was like, okay, I could take these mini formulas and these bonus nipples and these disposable mm-hmm. washcloths and these chucks. And so yeah. every day I started looting um, yeah. or trick-or-treating as I would call it, out of the drawers I like that. I like in the that. babies. Yeah, so I yeah. would trick-or-treat through the hospital. Yeah. And then the nurses felt so bad that I hadn't been taking the diapers home every day. They were making up for lost time. So oh, I would get there and there would be bonus items in my drawer. <laughs> and then I remember <laughs> once my husband was there and he came home, we would do shifts. And so huh. he came home with two giant shopping bags of stuff. And oh, I'm gee. like, what? And he's like, I don't know. They just told me to bring this home to you. And it was like, it was the best. And I was like, yes, this is great. Because they were preemie diapers, which I didn't even know if I could buy in a store or not. We still weren't in newborns. But it's so, it's really the experience that you make of it. And I definitely, definitely, unfortunately, still like Nicole have PTSD, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. And I think a lot of us do. And it's taking, I'm still here at 17 years, Mm -hmm. but I really tried to continuously make lemonade. Although I will tell you, it's funny because I'm going to tell my therapist that I talk about her and she's going to be like, what are you talking about me? But she, I said to her, like, I only just recently started therapy. And so we were kind of like talking about all these things. And so where people would highlight like big, you know, traumatic things, Mm -hmm. I actually didn't have my delivery on the list of traumatic things. Like it was just like a fact to me, like that's Mm -hmm. just what happened. Never really unpacking it as, you know, like trauma or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I said, I've been talking about it, you know, for 13 years now. Mm -hmm. And she's like, but it's different if you're speaking to educate or speaking to heal. That's true. And I never really thought about it that way. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm some where everybody's a work in progress, right? Oh, so yeah. we're all we're all learning and we're getting there. But I love the work that, you know, you do and how you took your experience. And I, I honestly, like I find you like so inspiring. And I know that you probably say, well, this was just, you know, my life story and this mm-hmm. is what it yeah. is. And yeah, but I look at you and I'm like, you definitely are, you know, you're cut from a different cloth. Your boys are like, you're destined for something extraordinary. Like, I do believe that everything happens for a reason. And maybe it was their delivery that brought you to Grams that then connected you with families that are going to connect families. Like it's, it's this, this giant, you know, little freaking connection that we have. It's, it's unbelievable, but mm-hmm. I know that I am proud to know you. And I know that when I saw your name on, on who I was talking to today, I didn't mm-hmm. even go look anything up. I was like, Oh, I was like, this is going to be good. And I know that you're my go-to because I find you like, I really do. I find the whole thing very inspiring mm-hmm. and thank, other thank people, you. like people could listen to this and write Nicole, they're going to take away what they want from it. So they yeah. could either be like, oh my gosh, Nicole and Nat are traumatized from their deliveries. I'm going to have preemies. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to have PDAs. They're going to need surgery. Yeah. Or you could say, look at these two women who mm-hmm. went through very different experiences at very delivering at very different times, yet having a commonality mm-hmm. of, and that's why I always say that everybody's worst is their worst. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you could look back on it and say, you know what? That was my story. And that's that's what it is. 
Exactly. And now what are we going to, what are we going to do with that? I know that honestly, as my kids get older, I get a little like worried, like, are they going to deliver early? Like what's going to happen? Like, you mm-hmm. know, I think I start thinking already about mm-hmm. that. And maybe because I have a daughter, I think maybe mm-hmm. I would, I, I do really worry less about my son as horrible as that is. But I think about her and I yes. think about like what type of delivery that she's going to have. And is there anything that I could do? But I do know by wearing my professional to university hat, there's nothing that you could do. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing yeah. that you could do. Uh, absolutely. I mean, just when you brought up like, you know, when people hear, oh, 24, six weekers and they had, they went through this, that and the other. Uh, I mean, there are, there are families I know that their babies were delivered later, even almost full term who went through com- almost yeah. some, not, not PDA, but like brain bleeds still have, sure. I mean, all these absolutely. things happen. I don't want to go through and freak out people, yeah. but like it can happen at yes. any time. And it's, it, it's just, it's astounding how everyone can have a commonality, but also everyone's personal journey is that is what it is. It's personal. Yeah. And it we can all like look at each other and go, yeah, like you give that, that, that look of like, I understand what you're going through, but obviously there's just a little bit different here and there. And I think yeah. that's one thing about going through it and just feeling that like, oh, I, I wish, I wish, I wish it went through this. It doesn't help that there is no, was it what to expect when you're expecting? How, how big is the, well, if things go, if pre it's like, it's like yeah. a sentence. It's, it's like ridiculous. the it's like the walk of the NICU when they do the hospital tour, which I didn't get to do. I got a call for a reminder, except I was already in the hospital, ironically. Yes. And it's just like there should just be a little bit more. If 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 we all want to know what to know, mm-hmm. there should be more about. There should be a section like, hey, this is the stuff that happens. You shouldn't freak out. You should be like, I I am educated on this, but I understand with the whole being pregnant, you do freak out because yeah. we're told. And it's not, it just is what it, we're told the story of how wonderful, I mean, TV shows show, oh, the baby's out. She looks great. She doesn't look like she's been dragged by the floor by wild horses, yeah. you know, it's, and everyone has their opinion of how it's going to go. And it's just an opinion. Like you do what you works best for you. Yep. And there is no what, should is what I, yes, I always it, say it's one yeah. it's written down on a post and in front of me. There is no should. There's yeah. nothing that should be. Everybody's going to have a different experience. There is, I, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's yeah. going to happen to you? But yeah. the one thing that you should really remember is don't worry until somebody tells you you need to worry. That's There's no, it's all exactly. unnecessary. Yes, it's, oh, totally, it's totally unnecessary. unnecessary. When everyone's like, oh, I did this. And I used to be like, oh, should, should I have done that with my twins? I realized from a friend of mine who's just like, you just go, that's good for you. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. Like, good, great. I, I couldn't do that. Like my kids did not walk out of my womb knowing how to be potty trained. Like they- yeah. They were late bloomers on that. And I used to be uh, horrified, like th- three, uh, three year, three and a half years, they should start, they should start having interest. They didn't, they were happy in what they were doing. And you know what? It's not going on the resume. Yeah. I don't True. write it on mine. Like, right. Oh, and I potty trained my kids at this day, but it seems to be like this badge. And it's great that people get it done early, 18 months, a year, two years. Mine were four. Yeah. And a half. Mine too. And boys Look. in general, you know, the national average is four for boys. That's so yeah. like, I don't even understand why everybody's like, oh, we're going to stop party training. We're 18 months. Okay. Good for you. Yeah. I think exactly. that's great. It's that it's just like, I love this pe- idea. That's yeah. usually my response. I love uh, that idea. I, I, I'm going to start using that because I think that's even better because it, it acknowledges that the person who wants to tell you it at the same time, like you're like, eh. but that's the same thing when, because my boys were early, I'm sure also preemie, preemie parents and even maybe twins. My uh, loved our uh, pediatrician in LA. He's like, I'm going to tell you what the uh, where they are on the chart. Don't take it to person to, to heart. It's yep. like he goes, it's a sample size of kids. It's never even like whatever. He goes, just don't. And because we weren't we weren't in any percentiles for mm-hmm. a while. Like we were under for a yep. long time. And people would ask me, well, what percentile is your kid? And I'm like, I have no clue. Yeah. And I liked it that way. I liked that. And you know, they call it up. It's just like yeah. when people freak out, like everything evens out in some way, shape or form. It really kids does. Have, kids who have big heads grow into their heads. Big, yep. They can grow into everything. Everyone grows and learns. And it might not be the exact path you ever thought. It wasn't out of a parent's magazine. It wasn't on Instagram. But you know what? It fits you. Yeah. And it fits them. And that's what I've been trying to like, yeah, it's going to be okay. Yeah. That's your soapbox. Your soapbox yes. is really... It'll be fine. Don't worry until somebody tells you to worry. And my other big one with preemie families is don't look at the chart. Look at the child. Yes. 
that's that should because be if you look at the chart, if you look at it, you're going to have a nervous breakdown. Mm -hmm. You're not going to understand it. Stop oh, yeah. reading things. Mm -hmm. Even if you went to medical school, that's yeah. not your patient. That's your yeah. baby. Yeah. And Don't go pay attention to that at all. Yes. <laughs> Do not Google it. Yes. That's that. Oh. If you Google preemies on Twiniversity, you find such great stories about preemies or you find resources sources on what to do. Yeah. So like we're like, let's empower you. And yes. even in Twiniversity classes, I say, listen, we're going to talk about the NICU experience here. But mm -hmm. if and when it should happen, this is where you're going to go. But yeah. don't start spending, you know, hours upon hours researching these things just because you're having to. It's yeah. not necessary. No. We have no idea what's going to happen. We have, we, I will tell you, Nicole, that we were talking about it today at our, we have a team meeting every week with all mm -hmm. our crazy insane, uh, insane cast of characters that um, we were talking about how we have definitely noticed that the over 55% of the people that responded, which we had a few hundred responses, delivered over 37 weeks. Oh, wow. And I think that it's a weird kind of side benefit of the pandemic that mm -hmm. people are basically on modified bed rest, but they don't realize it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's and so you could say, is that really the reason why? Who knows? I could mm -hmm. tell you a million things that could be why things happen, but I don't care. I just want people to be happy. I want them to accept whatever their reality is. I want them to stop looking at my chart and, you know, websites that are just going to bring you down a rabbit hole. I want you to really, I was listening to another podcast this morning and they were talking about having kids. And it was a dad who said that when I had my kids, it was like Dorothy opening up the door in the Wizard of Oz and everything turned to color. Oh. And I said, that yeah. is such a good way to describe parenthood mm -hmm. because you, when you look at those kids, your world should then be in color, whether yeah. they got here, here at 24 weeks mm -hmm. or whether they got here at 42 weeks, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Those are your little puppies. You got to take care of them. They need you. And everybody's going to have a different life story, right? Oh, yeah. so and this, and I, like we talked about support and everything. The one other thing I want to say about twins, not just micro premiums and premiums is wherever you are, find that support, especially like online through, through Twiniversity, which is great, or like a local chapter. Oh, yeah. like I will tell Absolutely. you, West LA Parents of Multiples was my saving grace when I joined them. And it took a year for me to get there because I was so scared. But then like, oh, I, can I take these out? RSV, this whole thing, but went out. Still friends with all of them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love it. And then we moved up here and it's Contra Costa, Parents of Multiples. They're amazing. Like you just, these twins groups yep. who just get it. Yep. Like we're all tired. We all just want our kids to like be kids. Like, you know what I mean? Just like yeah. you meet these people and it's like this tribe that you're like, yes. I loved it. It's the best. Yeah, it Honestly, is best. you know, my kids were five before they realized that everybody wasn't born a twin. That happened to my kids they were too. In they, did, they didn't understand because yeah. we just hung out with twins all the time. Yeah. They, they had no clue that babies are typically born one at a time. So it was my best friend who had her child and we went to go visit and my, I don't remember if, I think maybe it was my daughter. No, it was my son because she had a daughter and he searched the house for the other one. Yeah. And was like freaking out that the other baby was missing. Yes. And I was like, what are we talking about here? Like, yeah. I don't even know. They really, we had so many friends from our local mm -hmm. twins club uh -huh. that they had no clue. Oh so, yeah. I'm glad that I'm not the only one that makes me feel better. Yes. That's yes. it. Yeah. Uh, my kids also thought they had superpowers because they knew that they were IVF babies. And I would pass the IVF clinic, pass, it was right by the zoo. Uh -huh. And I would say, the doctors helped me, you know, make you there. Uh -huh. And my daughter literally thought, she was like, when is it going to happen? Like sneakily. And I was like, what's going to happen? And she's uh -huh. like, when? Like, I don't want to be like in school. And then like, you know, fire shoots out of my eyes. Oh, and she God. thought she was going to be like an X-Men. I absolutely love that. That'd Nicole, be awesome. Honestly, I really, I know, I, she just, I guess we, we were watching superhero movies mm -hmm. and she just assumed that if a scientist helped a doctor scientist help make you that, uh -huh. you know, you were, you know, bitten by a radioactive spider or whatever, but yeah. it's unbelievable the mm -hmm. things that kids will take away from things that may have traumatized you, like my infertility, right? Mm -hmm. I could say, yeah. I could sit here. Instead, I say, that is hilarious. That yeah. look at my IVF experience, my thought, my daughter was worried about injuring her schoolmates with laser eyes. That is, yeah, she off to see, what was that? This little school, League of Justice, the Justice League, the yes, cartoon, because the Wonder yes. Twin Towers. 
They did not. They of. did not develop Wonder Twin powers, unfortunately. No, neither they, did I. I think they're still waiting. So good luck to all of them. Oh, <laughs> Nicole, I'm so excited to see you, and I'm so excited that we got to have some time together. I'm. I'm really. Like, first of all, I'm like, I'm honored that you found me a hundred years ago. And I love that, you know, you know that I'm here too. And I love that I know that you're there too. So we know that if we ever have people in our community that need support, we have each other. Yes. And guys, you really, you can, you should go look at Graham's foundation, make sure that you like everything on social because it's Nicole that's doing it. So, you know, double tap, Thank put you. a comment, <laughs> save it, all that good stuff, but go check them out. And it really is an extraordinary resource. And if you need things from us, you could just find them. They're just grahamsfoundation.org. We'll put yep. some links down in the show notes below, but mm -hmm. you'll find them on our resource page because they have been and will always be there. And yeah. they are one of our favorite nonprofits. Um, more so, I think, than some of the major guys, because there's a very personal, you know, end to you guys. Like, yeah. I know that I could literally call you if I need you. I'm not necessarily That's calling true. people at the March of Dimes. Yeah. No, you know, that, I don't have a contact should, there at this time. Yeah. They, they do great things, but I, I feel like uh, we're trying to help the parent meet, meet them now, yeah. not try and do the research for later. Yeah. And that's not a dig. It's just, you know, yeah. they, they're trying no, they're to figure both out important. how to end they're yeah. both important things and it depends on what part of your story that you're at. Yeah. Right. In the very beginning, you need the support at yes. the end. When you look back and say, okay, now we could do this. We could do the yeah. March for babies and we could exactly. do that other stuff. But when your world is on fire, mm -hmm. you need a fireman. Yeah. And that's what Graham's foundation yeah. really is. In my opinion, you um, guys no, come yeah, and you, you give me that support and mm -hmm. you relieve all my anxiety or as much as you can. I shouldn't say mm -hmm. all, I have yeah. way too much anxiety. But it's it's just really great. And Nicole, thank you so much for playing with me today. Oh, thank you. I just want to state if anyone out there does need help, you you can always just DM us directly on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, even on LinkedIn. We're, we're on all of them. And uh, we'll gladly connect, whether it's resources you need from us or any other place, we'll gladly connect, connect anyone who needs help. Oh, so. I love you so much, Nicole. Oh, Thank you gosh. so much. I love you. You know, the fangirl, I've been really trying to reel it in right now because I just... Really, if people had seen me at Genius for Pretty's Cornet, it was just like, it's like, no, oh my I God, never, I love you. But did it, was I, I was bothered so excited. at all? No, I was so I excited it. though. Even my husband's like, you, you need to tone it down. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> so excited to see her. Never, 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 <laughs> never. I am, I'm so, I'm so proud of what we created at Twiniversity. And I'm so, it's, amazing. you know, it's, you guys see me, but there's a lot of people behind this curtain that are making sure that everybody has the support that they need. It's, it's such an extraordinary experience, but honestly, Nicole, like if I didn't have them early and I didn't have infertility, there probably wouldn't be a Twiniversity. Oh, yeah. Right. So you, you got to think about, you know, I had a wonderful career in luxury African travel. Like I'm very, I had like a wonderful life, but that second heartbeat really changes your universe. And then, you know, on top of pregnancy complications, on top of delivery complications, and then, you know, newborn issues, it's a lot. And so I just, it just had to be done. Yeah. It really had to be done. And I'm glad that we, we keep doing it. And I'm glad that we have partners like you guys that just make it so much easier for us so yeah the love the the fangirl honestly really does go both ways so for as much as you love me i really do love you i have so like i can't even tell you i could picture you at 24 weeks like i could see you in my mind's eye in the hospital like i know what you went through because i've been through it unfortunately with so many other twiniversity families yeah that i have just i have a very different worldview on things and i know that things are going to be okay Mm -hmm. And this right. is this is yeah. what it is. We worry. We take one day at a time. We mm -hmm. take each step and and we figure it out. And so right. that is that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying my yeah. best here. Try I appreciate best. it. I'm sure many people appreciate it as well, because just to have that that view just helps that little step of empathy as opposed to it'll be, you know, what I mean, like can't be there's no dismissing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I would never, yeah. ever, 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 ever. I yeah. hated when people did that to me, even me for too. like postpartum. And they'll be like, oh, you just feel this way. Nope. Could you just stop that? Yeah. Could we just like literally, could you just validate how I feel for two seconds before exactly. you dismiss anything that I'm saying to you? Yes. So thank oh, you. My mom still does it. God bless her. I love her. No, she really doesn't. I shouldn't bother her. But she's, you know, we live and learn. So every yeah. generation we're, we're getting a, a little bit more empathetic, I think, you know? Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. it, it's different. And guys, for you out there in the interwebs that are listening, watching, wherever you're getting this, just know that we really do mean it when we say that you can message us. So yes. you know how to get Nicole. You certainly know how to get me. And you really should if you do or like, Nat, I don't hate this. This isn't the worst way. I've spent the last seven hours binge listening to your podcast. Like and subscribe to this podcast yes. because that is how the interwebs decides who gets to find you is by, you know, this, this crazy algorithm. So if yes. you were like, yes, I learned one thing. This wasn't boring. I can't stand that. Like don't, or, or write a review. You could leave that one star review, like on iTunes right now that says, all I do is yell at my dog. Feel free. It's my favorite review actually that I have ever gotten on this podcast. And if you ever watch me promote this podcast, oh it's God. usually that review. And the, the review of the book that I always publish is this one person that titled it yuck mrs cannibal because i talked about placenta encapsulation so there you go so yuck mrs cannibal and why is she yelling at her dog again i would so yeah i would definitely give you a, a four i actually have given you a five-star review but even it, but even like five-star review didn't enjoy the the placenta talk yeah. but everything else that's is okay. great like that's what you should do not don't give once nicole give, it was yeah. the best part my sister actually made a mug for me that says yuck mrs cannibal i drink coffee out of it on a regular i absolutely basis. love that i absolutely love that it's it's one of my highlights so yes a bad review as long as it's good as long as it's a funny serious like if you were seriously angry yeah. go for it go in deep what okay star talked about yes. kids too much right yes. too many kids why is she always talking about twins? <laughs> I don't know, guys. Why so am crazy. I always talking about twins? Oh my twins? God. Oh, so Get in weird. line. Oh, Nicole, thank you. Everybody's got to go back thank to the real world. Yes. It's my pleasure. Those thanks. Make sure that you like and subscribe, blah, blah, blah. And until next time, guys, thanks for listening. See you later, alligators. Yeah.